So many things have ruined my childhood So I go online to bitch and cry It feels like all of Hollywood is up against me They even made Optimus Fly New versions of what I grew up with Are being remade, rebooted and retried My adolescence is under attack now I think that a part of me has died Aliens, uh -huh, uh -huh. Predators, uh -huh, uh -huh. Marvel, uh -huh, uh -huh. DC, uh -huh, uh -huh. maybe it doesn't all quite stay. Okay, well, except maybe for that Jar Jar Binks. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. Hello everyone and welcome to This Podcast Ruined My Childhood. I'm Phil and with me is Eric. Eric? How come my pudding wasn't in this movie? You failed to follow my orders in any way? And I detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull. So this is the famous Suicide Squad. Any questions? And? Yes, that is your hand. Very good. We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake. Here's the deal. We fail the mission, you die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. What? No. If you cough without covering your mouth... Harley, although that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. To get you out of your life. I'm going to get you out of here alive. Oh my god, we've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit. Uh-huh. We love the rain. It's like angels are splooching all over us. Yes, everyone, we are going to be talking about The Suicide Squad, released recently in theaters and on HBO Max. So if you uh, don't want to hear any spoilers about this movie, maybe only listen to about 20 minutes in or so, because we're going to dive into The Suicide Squad pretty quick. Eric, the way we always do on this podcast is we talk about how this movie affected either a movie or a property that we knew in our childhood. And the first Suicide Squad movie came out only five years ago. So that's not long enough ago to affect our childhood. But are there any characters or, or themes in the movie from DC Comics of your childhood that you want to mention? Well, first and foremost, at least as far as the Suicide Squad is concerned, you, you got to address the way they handle Harley Quinn. When I found out Margot Robbie was playing Harley Quinn, and after seeing her in the Wolf of Wall Street doing a perfect Jersey accent, I couldn't wait for her to be Harley Quinn. The first Suicide Squad movie, I was super duper excited. And no kidding, when you went to the theater we went to, you could they sold alcohol there. You could buy a drink that came with a Suicide Squad shot glass. And I got the Harley Quinn shot glass. Because nice. I am a super duper huge Harley Quinn fan. From from her silliness to kind of an angsty, legitimate past, I think there are so many versions of Harley Quinn that are out there in the comics right now. And and I'll tell you, I've read all of them. And, and I enjoy all of them. She okay. just misses on the big screen. If, if anything about, you know, childhood ruining gets gets incorporated here, again, because technically Suicide Squad was well behind beyond our childhood, she just does not hit the marks on, on any level of Harley Quinn for me at all. Huh. Interesting. That's, 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 my, that's my stance. Now, she'll say some Harley Quinn-esque things, 
And uh, I, I definitely enjoyed the first Suicide Squad um, as far as the Joker and Harley Quinn things are concerned. The rest of the actual plot of the original Suicide Squad did nothing for me at all. I thought that was just an excuse to turn the CGI machine on. But, uh, <laughs> but interesting. Yeah. But, but watching like the antics with Harley Quinn and Batman and the Joker and the Batmobile goes in the river and that's how he catches Harley Quinn, but the Joker gets away, but Joker still has to come back for his girlfriend. I loved all that. And I know like there was a bunch of Jared Leto scenes that got cut and the Joker's role was diminished and that's fine because again, Suicide Squad isn't about the Joker, but yeah, but if we're taking this version of Harley Quinn, because there there are many, uh, I think we live in an age now where just anybody can come up with an idea of how they want to treat a character, whether it be Batman or the Riddler or the Joker, whether it be in comics, whether it be in 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 print, whether it be in movies, and anybody can do whatever they want right now. That's what I really feel about DC. The continuity is all over the map with like yeah. what kind of a through line do you have here and that's where i would definitely say marvel has that all over dc they've at least got a consistent agreeable plan on how they want to treat their characters dc is like well in this one this is going to be the thing well in this one well we're going to ignore that and this will be the thing but in any case uh, you can tell I'm quite opinionate on this one, Phil. I, I, yeah. I have, I, 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 and and it's because when it comes to superheroes, for me, Batman, Joker, Harley Quinn, Superman, th- these are my people. I, I was right. not a Marvel guy, <laughs> but I find I have to side with Marvel when it comes to anything done cinematically right now. Yeah, as do a lot of people. As do a lot of people. Um, so Harley Quinn's first appearance was in 1992 in the Batman the Animated Series episode Joker's Favor. So yep. let's go let's go all the way back to that because I I remember I was 11 at this time when that episode of Batman the Animated Series came out and that was let me see it was September 11th of 1992. Um And I just remember watching that episode as an 11-year-old and thinking that this is the coolest character, female character, to come out of DC in a long time. And uh, I just, I I fell in love with her and Joker's relationship right away. I thought that she was really fun, really spunky, really cool. And, uh, you know, you never want to root for the bad guys, but in Batman, you always kind of root for the Joker in a weird twisted way. And so I was definitely rooting for Joker and Harley Quinn, as well as Batman to capture them and foil their plot. But from that moment, she exploded. You know, it wasn't just me that loved her. And obviously you that loved her. She became the Batman, you know, side villain that popped up all the time from that point on. She just grew, grew, grew in popularity Mm -hmm. to the point that she became the focal point, like you said, of Suicide Squad in 2016. She had her own movie, uh, Harley Quinn, uh, well, whatever the full title is, but Birds of Prey and the fantabulous blah, 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 Harley Quinn. Um, And then she got her own cartoon that was, I think, put on DC Universe first and then moved to HBO Max, if I remember correctly. But they've either done two or three seasons of the Harley Quinn animated series, which it pains me to say, but I haven't watched a single episode. Uh, But I will binge them all eventually. Remind me to bring that up later. Okay. And then then Harley comes back in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. So she's becoming, if she isn't already, she's becoming one of the main focal points of the DC extended universe. And, they, and, and I understand what you're saying about how she doesn't hit the mark or she misses the mark for you. But I'll say that she's one of the bright spots in the DC Extended Universe. And I really appreciate her portrayal being a little bit different. Because what do comics do is they always revitalize characters and rewrite characters. And I, I really do like her bad girl gone good 
in Birds of Prey and then the Suicide Squad, and I see a good character arc that they're that they've built for her. Not building, but they've built for her well, see, throughout the three movies. That's where I feel like they didn't do that. Because I still think Margot Robbie does a great job. <clears throat> Although I was a little disappointed in the first Suicide Squad that the accent really didn't come out truly. Um, except on certain words and certain phrases. She, she did not sound as Harley Quinn as she could have. I think she sounded way more Harley Quinn in this Suicide Squad too. Um, mm-hmm. But... I just think they've completely wasted the character of Harley Quinn. And even in Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad the first one, they they gave her a bit of a backstory, but I don't think they treated it as seriously as they could have because that's, that's kind of DC's thing is they don't go lighthearted, fun Marvel um, with, with heart. They go kind of dark. And and I don't yeah. think they t- they touched on what what really drives Harley Quinn out of the I'd say at least five iterations of Harley Quinn. There's there's various ranges of her that she was a psychiatrist is is sort mm-hmm. of a a uh, a common backstory that everybody kind of agrees on. Uh, then it gets a little gray um, as to how she falls in league with the Joker. Um, between cinematic and comic it's a little gray and then it gets even grayer when it's like well i'm no longer with the joker and and not that you can't have an emancipated harley quinn i just think the movies are assuming you know more about her and they just skip over really giving her the credit she deserves. If anybody needed a standalone movie to get what they're trying to do with Harley Quinn, she is the one who needed it. And they kind of did that. No. Birds of Prey is a, is pretty much her movie. No. No. And I think that they did a pretty good job of emancipating her and that that is the full title right the fantabulous emancipation of harley right but that's the problem they started at the emancipation i'm talking about going well i think i think there's i'm I'm talking about starting with harleen quinzel i i get it but i think that a lot of that wound up on the cutting room floor well that's not my. i think that there is a much better version no i I know it's not your fault (laughs) it's not it's not david ayer's fault either but I think that there is a better version of that movie out there that's two and a half to three hours long that shows us how Harley became Harley. We had glimpses of Harleen. We had glimpses of her falling for the Joker, although it happened way too fast. And I don't disagree with you that they didn't do it full service. No, Harley, Harley Queen has, if you, Harley if you Quinn remember, has not been done justice in any but, of the films she's been in. Not true. If you remember 1992's Joker's Favor, they didn't give her a backstory in that cartoon. It took a while for us to get a backstory of Harley. So that's another thing, too, is I don't think we need tons of backstory for a lot of these characters. I think we just need to know what drives them. And if we're going to get invested in any of these characters, give us an arc. And they gave us an arc. For Harley throughout these three movies. No, what is it then? Because I don't, I don't, I don't think I know what drives Harley right now at all. The arc for Harley is that she was dependent on an abusive relationship. She decided to separate herself from that abusive relationship and become her own person and her own woman, which is what I think is great about Birds of Prey. And then in this movie, we see that she's moving on. And I think that shows that she's growing as a character and becoming or has already become her own person in this extended universe. She doesn't need the Joker to survive. And that's the point. And that's just a very basic. That's It is, but, but if you're really going to dig into Harley Quinn, you've got to see her in the good days with the Joker when it is a great relationship. There are so many great comics and graphic novels out there that don't even touch on there being any 
negativity between her and the Joker. It's all positive. It's all full throttle evil madness that is just mm-hmm. beautiful to watch. And then yeah. and then it's a couple of the series that actually give you more detail though about the relationship and why she wanted to leave it. I think you only get a little peekaboo window that doesn't give it as much service as it really requires to understand who she is. That's my opinion. Okay. Okay. I think that the way they set up this DC extended universe, it's after Batman's prime fighting days. So Joker and Harley are already past their prime, so to speak. And that's why we see Harley emancipating herself because they've already lived through that. We just haven't seen it. And I understand your frustration of not getting it, but I don't mind. So me personally, I don't mind. I like seeing Harley become her own woman rather than having to see her just with Mr. J. But again, my opinion. So getting to any of these other characters, did you have any ties to any of the other Suicide Squad from the first movie or The Suicide Squad from the second? No. No? I knew who King Shark was, but Mm -hmm. the rest of it, uh, nah. Yeah, from from Batman, I knew uh, Deathstroke. Or no, not Deathstroke. Deadshot. I'm sorry. Yeah, Deadshot in the first one. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, so I knew, from I knew from Batman, yeah, I knew yeah. Deadshot, and then from the Flash, I knew Captain Boomerang. So those were the three characters that I had investment oh, in going I'm in. Sorry. Yes, in the original Suicide Squad, sure, I knew Killer Croc too, and uh... mm-hmm. Killer Croc. I don't think they did justice. Well. Blanket statement, I don't think any of these movies... Anybody I know we're to. not really going to discuss <laughs> Birds of Prey too much, but I don't think they did justice to anybody in any of these films. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do a 8 to 10 member team movie justice without... Like, look how the Avengers did it. You, you took a moment to set a few people up so you understood who they were and then you made the team movie you know and these suicide squad they're all treated as one note jokes Mm -hmm. and that's that's not again that's assuming hey you've read the comics you know who these people are and 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 sure if that's the way you want to play it then okay i guess i need to do more of my backstory reading in the comics before i went and saw the movie but but to make an actual film, to put this on film and get legitimate actors to play these people, it's they're forgetting you can't just assume that a fanboy is watching this and already has affinity for these people. You have to build it, you know? Like, tell me which Harley Quinn you're going to show me. Because like I said, I could give you like three different, no less than three different, more uh versions of her backstory current story who she is who she was who she's going to be all of that stuff so like tell me who which harley quinn i'm watching but please be explicit you know i i understand your perspective and i disagree with it i don't need to know beforehand what character they're giving me i want to see their interpretation of the character and in Suicide Squad. Well, no, no, I no. was fine with all the interpretations. But we're saying the same thing, though. Do, but give me an interpretation, though. These people are one-dimensional. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, so there's again, there is a better version of the movie out that fleshes out all of the characters oh, there, a little bit differently and a little bit better. Also a and unfortunately, hour, we didn't get there's it. Also, a four-hour Justice League film, and we've talked about it. It's like yeah, and it was way better, I right? I know, but what's who's screwing up DC that it's like, oh, you need to watch the director's cut, the five-hour version. Don't watch what they actually put in the theaters. Watch what they wanted to put in the theaters. Well, who has time for that? Give me the right movie the first time. Who's making the decisions for DC? This is frustrating now. This is to the point of legitimate <laughs> frustration. 
because I'll I'll just say blanket statement right now. I hated Suicide Squad too. I I think it is a little bit better than Suicide Squad one, which I also hated, but I mm-hmm. I I couldn't get behind any of it. I stared blankly at the screen for an hour and 10 minutes until I paused it to go to the bathroom and I watched it with Liz and we both were like, let's go step outside for a minute. Wow. Isn't it a beautiful night? Glad I'm not watching this piece of crap in the theater where I can't pause it, go to the bathroom, prepare another double vodka and go outside and get some fresh air (laughs) because this is painful. Again, okay. nothing against Margot Robbie. I think she does a beautiful job. I just think that the version of Harley Quinn she's giving us is unfinished. It's not fleshed out properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so you didn't like Suicide Squad in 2016. That is apparent. You've already said you didn't. You did like the Suicide Squad better but still didn't like it. Yes. Okay. When I saw Suicide Squad in the theaters, I I enjoyed it because I think the music had me going. And I guess I, I was just expecting no-name characters to die in interesting ways, which they mostly did. And then I got Harley, and I really wanted Harley on the big screen. And I enjoyed Margot's interpretation of her in that movie and i really thought jai courtney as captain boomerang did a phenomenal job playing that character and then will smith was okay i liked him enough he was okay i didn't love jared leto as the joker but again i appreciated that there was a vision of making this joker something their own and i went with it i didn't love it but i went with it and i was fine with it at the end but I have never been able to sit through Suicide Squad a second time. I've tried to start it. Oh, I, I, let me take that back. I watched the extended cut when I got it on digital. I never watched the original cut again. I watched the extended cut, and I enjoyed that a little better. But still, after that, I've never been able to watch it all the way through. I've tried. I just couldn't get there. The new movie, The Suicide Squad, I loved I had so much fun watching the movie at home on HBO Max. I watched it Thursday night when it came out. And then I watched it again on Saturday night while I was doing some work on my computer and some like tidying up in the living room. So it was on and I was listening to it. So I wasn't 100% attention on it, but the fun action scenes, I was stopping and watching. So I, I was on board and I was having a great time. And so I'm I'm interested to start dissecting as to why you didn't have a good time with it. I thought the new characters were great. I thought the new characters were fun. I thought Harley's arc was uh, really good to finish off her kind of trilogy of being on screen so far. I I don't know. I was I was all in. So I think this is the time we're going to hit the spoiler wall. So if anybody is listening and hasn't seen The Suicide Squad. Hey, I said 20 minutes, and it's just about 20 minutes, so check on out now and come back after you see the movie. Well, Phil, you've ruined my childhood <laughs> by liking this film. Tell me about it, Eric. I The fake-out beginning to like watch all watch Nathan Fillion, Pete Davidson, Michael Rooker all die and then see their names in the credits after they're dead is so disingenuous to me. What do you mean? What What do you mean, what do I mean? What do you mean, see their name in the credits? Their, their names appeared in the credits after they'd already died in the opening sequence. Oh, the opening credits? Yeah. Okay, got it. And then I'm like... Were they in the movie? Yeah. Okay, all right. Checking. <laughs> Can I go back to your early statement? I loved this movie. I watched it twice. Was Nathan Fillion in it? Yes. So was Pete Davidson. So was Michael Mm -hmm. Rooker. Yeah, for like a second. And then the credits roll, and I'm reading their names, and I'm like, I just watched them all die already, and now I'm reading their names? That Like, how Mm -hmm. can you say they're in the movie 
when you're when the I've already just watched them die, and then you get three days later, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe <laughs> three days maybe earlier we're gonna get to see, and then nope, all we saw was Pete Davidson come out of the Cooper, and that and, and Weasel that was it, yeah, but Weasel wasn't anybody, <laughs> but Weasel was funny, was he? I enjoyed it. I what I actually I enjoyed what happened around Weasel. I didn't really care about Weasel, but I liked. When Pete Davidson asked, is that a dog? And then they talked about dogs. And then uh, Harley Quinn said, is that a werewolf? I've always wanted to meet a werewolf. And I was like, same, girl, same. I found that to be some of the like most first draft banter I've ever seen in a superhero movie ever. Like, again, Marvel being the gold standard, that is cutting room floor material. I didn't even grin. That's kind of the same banter that we get in Guardians of the Galaxy, which, which honestly, if is written by James. But if you're gonna, well, and I was just gonna say, if you're gonna pick Guardians of the Galaxy out of the entirety of the Marvel universe, I'm gonna say Guardians of the Galaxy is the one that stretches the borderline humor, especially with uh, Drax and his. Oh, I would poop in your bed. Oh, it'd be a this size poop. It's like, oh my god, really? You're going to poop jokes? Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. out of any of the Marvel superhero movies, is the movie that kind of goes to the worst level of comedy. So it's kind of funny that it is directed by the same guy. Well, they're both written. Yeah. It's, it's written yeah. and directed well, by him. Well, then so we know where yeah, James Gunn is coming from. And that's where I, I understand what I'm getting with this movie. I know that I'm getting his type of humor, which I'll either laugh or smirk at or not, not smile at all or, Oh, I'm sorry, not or, and there's going to be some really interesting choices and whether or not you like James Gunn is whether or not you're going to like the choices. he Well, the step outside of suicide squad then is to say that I enjoyed the first guardians of the galaxy. And I thought all the humor in that was put in very well but the guardians of the galaxy except for the poop jokes well there weren't any in the first one guardians of the galaxy 2 is when you get these lame poop jokes oh yeah i i really guardians of the galaxy volume 2 is towards the very bottom of my marvel list right so now translate that into suicide squad it's like okay now you're doing the same kind of lame jokes let's fast forward to uh perhaps the on the count of three, Phil, I'm just curious. On the count of three, we're going to name the worst actor <laughs> in su- The Suicide Squad. On the count of three. Are you ready? We've never done this before, folks. Here we go. On right. the count of three. So I'm going to say one, two, three, and then we both say the name. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. John Pete Cena. Davidson. No. Pete wasn't even in it long enough to suck. He was the worst actor in it. Nope. John Cena was terrible, and half of it is because of the dialogue he was giving. Are we just supposed to laugh because a big WWE former wrestler is out there, or current wrestler, I think he still actually is a wrestler, but because he's talking about eating dicks on a beach, that's supposed to be hilarious? What's the plan? How much less I know? You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? Oh my goodness. I felt embarrassed for John Cena in yeah. that scene. I I didn't like that scene either. But again, I don't like poop jokes. I don't like jokes like that. So those types of things don't make me laugh or smile. But I, I thought pretty much not everything else he did, but almost everything else he did was pretty good and in line with the character they were building. Yeah. And then he shows up in the after credit scene. Who mm-hmm. cares? That well, was the lamest. So Warner Brothers bad. cares because they're creating an eight episodes miniseries on HBO Max for him. So they care a lot. Oh my God. Really? Yep. Let's write it better, please. <laughs> well, James Gunn is writing it, executive oh, producing it, no. and directing most of the episodes. So it won't be written much better. 
All right, on the count of three, let's name the best actor in the Suicide Squad. One. Ready? Think about it for a second. Hmm, I kind of have two, but I'll try to... I'll just do one. All right. On the count of three. One, two, three. Daniela Melchior. I think Idris Elba was probably number two. He, okay, I was going to say, he's at least got to be in there because for as much as I still love Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn, even though I think she gets a crap script, uh, I would still say Idris Elba. But I would also agree that uh, Ratcatcher 2, um, she was really, really good. Yes. Mm-hmm. but I liked I her thought, a lot. Yeah. I thought, well, really, the the whole crew that survives, aside from John Cena did a really good job with what they were given. I think Daniela Melchior was kind of the heart of the film as Ratcatcher 2. And then it was great with Taika Waititi as her dad in a cameo as Ratcatcher 1. Mm-hmm. David Dasmalchian, or however you say his last name, I think he was great as Polka Dot Man. I was pretty upset that he died. Yeah, that stunk. I loved that he was... Like, he finally felt happy, pure happiness with having his power, and he was screaming, I'm a superhero, and then he gets smushed, and it was just so sad. Now, forgive me, anybody who's listening here, but Polka Dot Man, that's from Lego Batman, right? The original Polka Dot Man is not from Lego Batman. There is a Polka Dot Man for real? Yeah. And he's not like this, he's he's different than this character in the comics. He has actual polka dots that are like high tech. And he just has, like they're like kind of like discs and they're high tech discs and they're all different colors and he throws them and they do different things. Like they will explode or they'll capture somebody or, you know. Wow, I didn't think, I thought Pokemon Man was just a joke from Lego Batman that they carried over to this. No, no. He, wow. Uh, yeah. He was in Detective Comics in 1962. That was his first appearance. Holy Detective crap. Comics 300. Interesting. Um, he, was, he was mostly a Batman villain. Well, I loved him in The Dark Knight, the actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really... He's good in pretty much everything he does. He's He has more superhero credits than I think anybody else. Because he's been in so many superhero movies as different characters. Yeah, and I thought he was good. I really did. I thought he was good. Um, I have I, honestly, out of any character, well, between well, actually, yeah, between him, um, uh, Bloodsport, and Ratcatcher Two, I thought they all did a fine job with what they had, which is why I liked this better. Because I actually, for as lame as I thought the plot was it was still a better plot than the convoluted Suicide Squad plot. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So Agreed. the fact that this was at least streamlined, even though it was very much a video game, you know, level one, we have to do this. Level two, we have to do this. Level three, we have to do that. You know, mm-hmm. everything felt like a video game in this. So it was like one MacGuffin adventure after another well now we have to get to the bar to meet our contact or capture the the guy with the pins in his head now we got to do this now we got to do that and it's like ugh, mm-hmm. this is so by the numbers and just not an interesting story by any means um but i still thought versus the convoluted plot of suicide squad it uh I don't know. I, I am on the opposite end of the spectrum. I thought it was fun. I, th- I understand MacGuffin chases, but that is what every, pretty much every action movie, but definitely every superhero movie is. They go from one one thing to the next to the next to finally get to the big bad and the big fight with the big bad. Like I, That's what I expect in a superhero movie, and they delivered on this. And they delivered in a very fun and interesting way because the fact that these heroes these anti-heroes in this are actual killers and and murderers and villains and i liked it i liked i i really liked the scene with peacemaker and bloodsport going through that camp 
when they were killing all the good guys, all the freedom fighters. I thought that was hilarious and and really fun to watch. I didn't think it was hilarious, but it their banter. I thought their banter was was really pretty funny, and it was some of the best banter in the movie. Uh, Idris Elba after Peacemaker saying it's only bragging if it's not about something cool, and Idris Elba goes, "Oh, damn, he's right." Yep. Then that, but then was that supposed to be ha ha ha? Oh, you just killed all my friends when they find Flag is hanging out with the the leader. Was that supposed to be the punchline? Yeah, because well, terrible punchline. Because then I wasn't going ha ha ha. Look at the leader now staring at all of her dead friends. That is, that's not a punchline. No, that part isn't, but. When they're when they first get to that tent, that's the punchline, and then it's sad immediately after because then you then realize these guys. Line. Well, then it's not a in this line. type of movie, it is. I will disagree with you. I will respectfully disagree that in this type of movie, that's a punchline. When there are villains and killers killing people and they kill the wrong people, that is a punchline, and I get uh, it, and it was, I'm fine it was, with it. Yeah, it was too long though. It was too long for that. The same way I didn't even like that they were all in position to go charging in to save Harley. And then she's like, what are y'all doing? That was way too long of a setup for that. Like, it would have been funnier if they were just going to go charging in and she opens the door. And they're like, what? You're here? Oh, what are you doing here? Oh, my God. But to set all that up when you already know Harley's free, well, it was lame. That's not a punchline. Again, I liked it. I liked it. It showed the team. It the the point of that that I saw was that it was the first time the team was actually working together in the camp because this is the first time after the camp that they're about to fight. Yeah, I know. In the camp, they're just trying to one up each other. In this scene, it shows that they're about to work together to save Harley, and I think it sets it up well so that when they get to the next sequence where they have to actually infiltrate and fight. The Starro, the Destroyer, or Starro the Conqueror, excuse me, they it they have the seeds of them now being a team. And I'm fine. I'm I'm here for it. Again, I'll say Joel Kinneman did a good job with Rick Flagg. I think he did a better job in this movie. He his character was a little bit different than the first Suicide Squad. And I think all the choices that they made with the script for him made him a stronger character. Such that I was also really sad when he died too. I wished it went the other way and he killed Peacemaker instead of Peacemaker killing him. I didn't care. Okay. <laughs> I really didn't. Mm-hmm. Part of me, all I thought about Rick Flagg's death was, geez, that was awful gratuitous to show his actual heart being punctured. That's all I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Your love of this film is making me doubt our <laughs> partnership, buddy. All right. Well, we'll just have to see when we record another episode. Ugh. What about Nanawe? You didn't like any of his stuff? Uh... Fun fact about Nanawe before you go on your negative answer. The guy who was Waller's kind of one of her two right-hand people, like the big guy with the beard who yells, it's a freaking kaiju, or we got a freaking kaiju. He did the mocap for King Shark. And then Sly Stallone came in and probably just went into a recording booth for a day and recorded all the dialogue. Oh, that that was the bearded guy? Yeah. Oh, no kidding? Wow. Well, I really don't like it now. (laughs) why i'm just kidding all right (laughs) uh i didn't not like him but i also didn't like him i don't know i was neutral on him he didn't he didn't make me annoyed but um but really he didn't yeah i don't know i didn't hate him i guess is the best way i can say it Okay. But but 
he was he was basically the the killer croc of this this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but better. In my opinion, better. Yeah, well, that's true. the The first killer, well, not the first killer croc, but killer croc in the first movie didn't. First of all, his look wasn't right. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was his, one of the big problems. He looked yeah. like a Koopa Trooper. Yeah, his look wasn't when, right, and not even a real Koopa Trooper, but a Koopa Trooper from the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, he didn't have the the right feel, and and honestly, the Killer Croc that I'm familiar with in the comics, and again, not that you can't have a different version, but I still think you got to at least acknowledge what he comes from. Not nearly brutal enough. Mm-hmm. Killer Croc is like in my opinion, one of Batman's most, like, brutally strong opponents because of his size and just sheer animal strength. And even Mm -hmm. Batman, in some comics, has acknowledged, like, taking down Killer Croc is like a, oh, fudge. Yeah. I got to do this today kind of a mission. And he just seemed like a guy with a skin condition in the first one. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know. I, I can't get over how much you didn't like the intro. I thought that opening sequence was great. I was so upset again when Captain Boomerang died. I, I was, I thought, of course, all these characters that are on the transport going out, I knew they were all going to die immediately as soon as we meet them all i knew it i didn't know that it would happen in the first 16 minutes of the film but i thought like the first 30 and then they'd all die and the rest of the team would come on and i just thought that flag harley and boomerang would make it out and everybody else would perish but boom boomer dying got me right from the start i was like man nobody is safe really nobody is safe except harley and well, I thought Flag. I thought Flag would be safe too. And I was really shocked when he died. I thought Michael Rooker was a big enough name, but then No, not for a movie like this. Playing the character of Savant, no, he's not a big enough name. Well, as soon as they said his name, I was like, uh, this can't go well, because I've never heard of you. <laughs> but but I thought he would last longer than even sixteen minutes. I thought he'd at least be a you know, three quarter of the movie death or something but or a two-thirds death but anyway uh yeah the whole thing like i said it's a big fake out and then they all just get murdered immediately because they were the decoy and then i'm like flag doesn't care at all that he was on the decoy team and not harley wouldn't care harley wouldn't care one way or the other but flag didn't care and then and then from then on it was just again mcguffin mission to mcguffin mission um one of their MacGuffin missions, or the prime MacGuffin mission, was actually named the Jodenheim. Please quit saying that and reminding me there are better Marvel movies out there. Every time they said Jodenheim, all I could think was Thor. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of when I thought of Thor was how good Marvel is. And it's like, <laughs> please stop doing this, guys. You couldn't have named this something else. Well, it's it's... From the comics. It's from Suicide Squad comics. The first, very first issue of Suicide Squad, they have to go on a mission to Jotunheim. Which is why James Gunn used it in this movie. Because it's not really really a reboot, and it's not really a sequel. It's kind of like a requel, because they they change the characters enough. Like, Flag is, is a little bit different. Boomer we didn't get enough time with, but he seemed the same. And then Harley also is growing and changing, so she's a little bit different. And then we have a whole new team. So it was as soft of a reboot as they could do without having to actually reboot. And I I don't know. I thought that he paid good homage to what the Suicide Squad is all about in the comics, which is villains that are led by Amanda Waller, who, again, was played great by Viola Davis, uh, they're led to the slaughter to try to complete a mission. Yeah. So tell me then, I mean, I guess you didn't like it, but 
Starro the Conqueror and all the stuff that Starro did with the the face huggers and the final battle with all now, the main see, characters. That's I didn't like it, but I've also read enough Harley Quinn comics that she's fought things like that. So it made sense that it would be in a Suicide Squad where Harley Quinn is kind of the star that mm-hmm. she would that a, that a creature like this would show up but I don't know what it is honestly but something like that would look awesome in a comic it looks stupid on a movie <laughs> I I could not buy into that translation I just I just couldn't do it from okay yeah I mean everything was already nutty so I was I was in. I I was on on board the whole time. Starro the Conqueror first appeared in Justice League Europe, and pretty much, not everything about Starro's backstory is accurate. But Starro's power is just to be a big kaiju that feeds on people and feeds on them by uh, assimilating them with the little Starros that become facehuggers, and. In the comics, Starro was out before Aliens, I believe. Maybe I'm incorrect, but um, Starro... Let me look that up, actually. Just so I'm not misspeaking. Starro's first appearance, yep. Brave and the Bold, February, March, 1960. So... Well before Alien had the Alien facehuggers. Well, it again, if I was reading a Harley Quinn comic and she went up against that, I'd be like, fun. But there's just something about that, again, being just a punchline that just doesn't land. I just was like, ugh. I honestly didn't laugh at this movie at all. I, there were two times I laughed. One of them was something Polka Dot said. Was it the Milton? Because that was pretty funny. Yeah, I might have. I might have let out a <laughs> at that. That might have been. That might have been it. But. There was one other part. And it actually might have been something Ratcatcher yeah. 2 said. I liked her I a lot. Like I, her. I really liked her a lot. I thought she did a great um, job. But, uh, gosh darn it. For as much as I like Harley Quinn, is she just, she's just not getting, she didn't get a good enough intro, in my opinion to the DC universe live action. Um, and I don't think, I don't think birds of prey did anything to help her. And, and, and I know people out there could be arguing, right? Like, cause I've read the entire original Harley Quinn comic series. I read the entire, uh, second mm-hmm. Harley Quinn comic book series. I read the entire Gotham City Sirens series with Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy. And a lot of that deals with her being with the Joker and then breaking up from the Joker, still sort of being in love with the Joker, then finally completely ridding herself of the Joker. And and that's in the series. But then in some one-offs... There's some really great crime that goes on between the Joker and Harley Quinn. And they really do love each other. And in the graphic novel Joker, Harley Quinn is actually the more powerful of the two in the dynamic. Where it's kind of revealed that, at least again in this standalone Joker graphic novel, Joker is more dependent on her than she is on him which really again makes me think about their whole dynamic if 
you know, what's a good comedian need is an audience. And, and eventually, yes, you know, Joker kind of treats Harley like crap and a lot of kind of blames her Mm -hmm. for failures, even if they're his failures. But, but in, in that graphic novel, Joker, he's, he's like going to her, like, I need you to keep me, no pun intended, sane. And it's like, wow, that is such a cool way to look at Harley. And, and then there's other backstories of her and gosh, the way she was presented in Suicide Squad, and at least once the midway part of the movie got going, then it just became, like I said, turn us over to the CGI machine. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I was, I was kind of with it mm-hmm. to a degree, but. Uh, All right. But then I just fell out. So, I mean, I think Suicide Squad would even be served better if the first one would have been the mission was to infiltrate some sort of an organization of sorts. And it turns out once like in the mid movie twist, Oh my gosh, it's actually been the Joker behind this whole thing. And Harley is like, Oh no, like loyalty's tested. I'm part of this squad. Now it's my boyfriend is behind it. And then he's like, ah, I knew you'd come. And then maybe the Joker had already had this all plotted out that they would send him. And this is his way to break her out. But then he's going to kill the team. And she's like, well, wait, don't kill my team. Because she's got a thing with Deadshot. And then Joker is like mad at her. Like, what do you mean? I got to wipe him out. And that's also why I have a problem with this. Is with with going into Birds of Prey and then going into this Suicide Squad is you're left off with the Joker saving her, breaking her out of Arkham, dressing up as police officers, going on a whole mission, basically sacrificing himself, which is something the Joker does not do. And he gets her out at the end, and it's like super duper cool because you're like, ooh, to be continued. But the next time you see Harley Quinn all this phantom I'm breaking up with the Joker stuff happened off screen. And that's what I'm saying. Make a complex movie where you see her recognize the failures of the Joker and the uh, dysfunction of their relationship. All of that happened off screen. You never saw Jared Leto again. And so that's why I I say it's an incomplete arc because you basically – uh, Force awakens into the last Jedi into uh, yeah. the rise of Skywalker with these characters. All this stuff happened off screen and in between, and their their characters changed so much that you're like, who is this person now? Why are they doing this now? They weren't doing this in the last movie. So for Harley Quinn to be emancipated in Birds of Prey, and you don't even show Jared Leto's face. Well, they, they don't that's, because that's of all the backlash honestly. they got from his Joker, his interpretation of Joker. Well, then show some Joker. I mean, come on. You, you can't build somebody else's arc, another character's arc off of a off off screen. Mm-hmm. You just can't. I don't again. I, I don't necessarily feel like I need to see what happened to know that she's upset with the abusive relationship she has and wants to get away. But, but we didn't even see that it's an abusive relationship, except that she said it. Movies are about showing, not telling. I don't want to listen to somebody tell me about stuff. I want to see it. I want to Mm -hmm. see this is the medium we're dealing with. The last time we saw them, she was embracing him. And he came for her and she was happy and went with him. She was not dragged out of Belle Reeve. He didn't burst in and she goes, what are you doing here? Come on, you're mine. And she goes, no. And then cliffhanger. And then the next time you see her, she's like, yep, got away from him. No. She's like, put in, you came. Mm -hmm. And then he even gives a funny little line. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's great. What are these two going to well, do yeah. next? It's nothing because oh, of the nothing, poor reception apparently. of that movie and Jared Leto's take on it. 
everything there there are a lot of decisions that were made in some of these dc movies that had warner brothers executives making changes and forcing reshoots and making cuts rather than let the filmmaker make the decisions and it led to the mess like you said the mess that we have now i'm on board with the suicide squad i'm on board with the type of harley quinn we now have i'm on board with um idris elba's character coming back i'm on board with Ratcatcher 2 coming back i i'll probably watch the peacemaker series but it won't be a priority to me but i'll watch it just because it's superhero content and i eat that up but i i'm really interested to see what they do with the flash and the multiverse i'm interested in aquaman 2 even though i didn't love aquaman 1 so all these movies i will see but i don't need them to be great i just need them to be good enough that we're still getting more content because regardless of whether or not you like this movie 20 years ago we wouldn't have seen a movie like this and i'm just glad that they're making superhero movies in general i know it's kind of a cop-out because I should want good superhero movies, but kind of like what we talked about on the X-Men episode, it was the only content we got at the time. Now we're getting too much content, and there's going to eventually be superhero fatigue, but I will enjoy it while it lasts. Mm. I'll be disappointed <laughs> if it lasts like this. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree that they've all disappointed. But there are some that I like better than others and some that I respect what the filmmakers are doing. Man of Steel, I think, is an amazing movie. I, I don't love all the decisions Zack Snyder made, but for the movie he made, I love Man of Steel. All right. Uh, agreed. That's probably well, the best. the Snyder cut of Justice League. <laughs> not count, not, not what I was just going to say, not counting the, the director's cuts okay. that we don't get to see in the theater not counting that if the original versions and visions were realized then yes they're they're not terrible but i mean uh i don't want to have to watch a movie twice to see the better version just do the better version right the first time warner brothers who's on your board who's making these decisions like do these people even know what the comics really are this is terrible 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 and i think harley quinn agreed is one of the best characters to come out of dc in Mm -hmm. forever you know she's as she's as good as batman and the joker like the flagship characters and it just i was hopeful for the second movie of the suicide squad because her and the joker escape at the end or he breaks her out but but then to see just right into a well while you guys were off screen or we were off screen here's what happened Ugh, terrible it's just like all of a sudden (laughs) huck hucks all of a sudden i'm the spy i've been spying off camera all this time what get out of here i did mention before about harley moving on and i just don't want to not go back to that so i really liked that she spent the day with the dictator uh silvio whatever his last name was um silvio luna i like she spent the day with him i like that she appreciated that he loved her even if he didn't really love her, but he said he did. And I, I liked that she moved on and then also realized when he said that he would kill women and children that he's a bad guy and she's trying to get away from being with bad guys. I liked that whole sequence. I liked what Margot Robbie brought to it because even though it was all ridiculous that she was saying if she met a bad guy, she promised herself she'd kill him. Or she'd murder him, moida him, I think she said. But how her eyes were welling up with tears, I just felt it. I felt that she has been used and abused and is insane 
but wants to get better. And I, I really liked it. That's where I think she completed that part of her arc. And now, you know, if she continues to move on, we'll see her start something new. I was apparently told she <laughs> yeah. was in an abusive relationship, right. but I never saw it. I at least I at least even saw Ratcatcher's flashback to being with her mm-hmm. dad for Pete's sake. You didn't you, there's no flashback to her. You know, you at least got to meet Idris Elba's daughter, so you understood that he really had a dysfunctional relationship with his daughter, but he still loved her enough that he would go on a suicide mission just so she didn't end up in jail. But with Harley Quinn, apparently it's good enough just to be told she was in an abusive relationship because we didn't see any of it. Yeah, well, it's the Joker. We can expect it. Mm, I'd like to hear the Joker side of it. Honestly, I'm not just going to take word. No, why am I going to? Because we'll never see the Joker in this universe again, so better get used to it. Well, Eric, I think we've exhausted this. So did the Suicide Squad ruin your childhood? No, because it didn't exist in my childhood. But did it well? Did it ruin Harley Quinn for you? No, because I think Margot Robbie does a decent job. I think she did a better job in this one than the first one, at least as far as the accent goes. But I just in this one and Birds of Prey and uh, the original she's been handed a crap script she's doing her best but it's it's kind of just sad like you said you're just happy that content's being made i'd rather not have either any of these movies i wouldn't want either suicide squad or the birds of prey if this is what you end up with Hmm. i really like birds of prey too which we'll talk about another time. but Well, I could hand you three graphic novels right now that I would rather see be made directly into movies than mm-hmm. either of or any of these movies. Well, that's, that's pretty much a statement that anyone could make about any superhero movie being made because people love the comics and people love graphic novels. Like, I wish they would have made... I know they're making it animated right now. They already made it animated, but I would have loved to have seen a true The Long Halloween Batman movie. I think that would be an amazing Batman movie, but we're never going to get it. Well, Hush. I wish we could see Hush live action. That would be awesome. Yeah, but to that end, that's what The Dark Knight was. The Dark Knight was a composite of three Batman and Joker graphic novels put together beautifully into, if not the best, certainly a top five best superhero movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Because it was true to the graphic novel, which already had everything you needed. It had the every element you needed. Beginning, middle, and end. It had an entire arc built. And they were able to take three of them mish them together and take the best parts of them and make the dark knight so why can't you do that with existing material right now instead they they combed every single part of the suicide squad and every harley quinn comic and came up with starro the conqueror that's what they came up with after reading everything there is about harley quinn you know what Again. the best you know what the best yeah. part of harley quinn is you know it was that giant starfish yeah let's make sure we get <laughs> Let's get that in there. Yeah. Again, I mean, they were they let James Gunn make the movie he wanted to make, and he wanted to go bonkers with the Suicide Squad. So, I'm I'm here for bonkers. I'm fine with it. So for me, it didn't ruin any of my childhood. I what I would love to see though with Harley Quinn, which we will never get, but I would love to see the arc she's in right now in the Batman comics because she has become an ancillary part of the bat family she's now helping batman she's being a a good guy and it's a very very interesting take on harley i'm i'm digging what they're doing right now with the batman comics but anyway didn't ruin my childhood i'm i've already gushed over the movie that i really enjoyed the violence i really enjoyed parts of the comedy i enjoyed the main characters that lasted to the end. I loved Milton and I was kind of sad when he died too. Um, 
but I'm I'm ready to see more of Idris Elba as this character. I'm ready to see more of Margot Robbie as her character, Daniela Melchior as Ratcatcher 2, and even Sylvester Stallone as King Shark. I'm ready f- for them to come back. So we'll see if they ever do, but I'll be in the theater or at least watching it at home. So Eric, where can the people find you out there? Uh, Eric underscore Walensky on Instagram, I guess, if you want to find me. You're so upset with me. Still, Man, I can hear sulking. it in your voice. I'm just sulking about, nah, not even with you. I, I don't care. You like it, you don't like it. I'm just teasing you, but I just can't believe this is the garbage that's being put out there. Well, you can follow me at Fildimo, F-I-L-D-I-M-O, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And also, please follow the show at Podcast Ruined on Twitter and Instagram. With that, I'd like to thank you for listening in, and we hope that this look back at The Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn, and everything we've talked about didn't ruin your childhood. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. You see who that is? It's your mom! Oh well. Ha 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 ha! John Cena's in his underwear. Ha ha ha! Yeah, that was dumb too. Like what the fuck? Everything John Cena did was terrible. Like he should be embarrassed that he was in that movie. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And then I didn't know they're making a six-episode arc around him. Eight episodes. James Gunn had nothing to do during quarantine. He wrote an eight-episode series. Around Peacemaker? Yep. Peacemaker doesn't even register on the Richter scale.